Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, beautiful human being, welcome back to the show. I'm so grateful for your presence here and your support, and I'm very, very excited to be bringing you this transmission today. This episode is really going to shift your perspective in many ways. I just know it. And as we dive in, I want you to notice what you resonate with, what really lands for you, and I want us to make an agreement right now that you're going to take any inspiration from this episode and you're going to turn it into some kind of action. So you're going to take information and transmute it into some sort of transformation. I love that so many of you tune in and my invitation to all of you is to really take what could just be a podcast that you listen to every week and then forget about and I want you to make it a foundation from which you can build. I want you to take anything that really lands with you and to turn it into some kind of meaningful change in your life. Now, if you get to the end of this episode and you feel like you want support around making that change, there are a few different ways that I can support you. If you feel like you want to be supported by me, of course, you can join us this Saturday. If you're tuning in live to this episode this Saturday, October 10th, I am running an amazing online retreat. It's a one-time only event. It will be recorded as well for those of you who are in time zones that don't work for the retreat. And the retreat is called Embodied Ecstasy. Embodied Ecstasy is an experience that is going to open you to a new pleasure paradigm. It's an immersive journey that will activate your inner queen, your inner lover, your sensual power, orgasmic prosperity, and it's a moment for you to usher in more pleasure into your healing journey, to usher more abundance into your bank account, to heal some of the deep childhood wounds that might be surfacing for you right now, because so many of us are in that boat right now, myself included. And so this is really a beautiful opportunity for you to infuse some beautiful abundance and pleasure into your healing journey to address some of the underlying patterns in your love life or your self-love perspective in your relationship with your body, your relationship with your pleasure, your pussy, your orgasms and your relationship with life and how powerful or how disempowered you feel in your life right now. So if that sounds like something that is intriguing to you, you don't need to know why. If you just kind of felt something in your body that felt drawn to that, 
maybe a little bit nervous, but also drawn to it, head over to the link in the show notes or go over to my Instagram to find out more about the retreat this Saturday. And if you're listening to this back or you are not vibing the retreat, my monthly membership is also a really, really good space and a good option for those of you who want to take your personal development journey to a new transformational level. If you want to connect with like-minded soul sisters, if you want to have support and celebration around your healing and awakening journey, because, you know, sometimes it can be kind of lonely. I know that it can be, and it has been for me in the past. So, The monthly membership is such a special community where you can learn more about your sensuality, your spirituality, money, all the different monthly themes that we cover. So there's a link for my monthly membership in the show notes as well. But now we're going to dive into this episode. This one is all about all of the amazing reasons and all of the amazing outcomes that will flood into your life when you envelop yourself in a deep inner child healing journey. So sometimes doing the deep, heavy shadow work and the inner child healing can feel intimidating or overwhelming for people. And I totally get that. I remember feeling the exact same way when I was going through my dark night of the soul, when I was in the midst of really bad PTSD and I had panic attacks and I was really going through a testing time. And I remember thinking, why me? And I don't want to open Pandora's box and I don't want to make everything worse by focusing on all the problems and all the stuff from my childhood. Can't I just get to the place of abundance? Can't I just feel happy now? Can't I just find some really quick cure? And the personal development and particularly the coaching industry really does sell a lot of that quick fix stuff. And it's kind of sad really, because there's a lot of inauthenticity and a lot of lack of integrity with that because when you're feeling vulnerable or when you're really in the depths of a pattern or a disempowering time in your life, of course, the shiny object is going to be the quick fix. Unfortunately, the truth is that there are no quick fixes that create long-term transformation. But that being said, it doesn't have to take decades and decades and decades to heal something when you are brave enough to dive into the roots of what's going on, the roots of the pattern the roots of why you show up a certain way in relationships, the roots of what is going on with your relationship with money, the roots of why you feel anxious for no reason, right? And when we heal the roots, we create the fruits. So this episode is keeping that overwhelm and that kind of intimidation in mind. And what I'm going to share with you is all of the amazing reasons and all of the kind of convincing reasons why it's so amazing to invest in doing your inner child work, why it is so important that you receive support around the past. Focusing on the past won't create more of it in your future when you are putting yourself into a healing journey with it, when you are putting yourself into a dialogue with it, with the intention of healing it. Whereas, you know, when we focus on everything that went wrong in the past and we project that into our future decisions, yeah, we're manifesting from the past, but it's a little bit different when we're looking at our inner child with the intention 
of looking at it to heal it so that we don't carry forward the pattern of the past. There's a difference there. So I think sometimes people don't recognize that difference and they think if I just focus on positive stuff for my future, that's what I'll manifest. In a way that's true, but also if you don't address all of the blocks to you actually being in that really positive, true, authentic vibration and feeling hopeful and feeling abundant for your future, you will continue to unknowingly project the past into the future, no matter how many affirmations you say. So a big part of creating what you want, creating your dreams, creating amazing relationships, calling in a soulmate, whatever it is that you want, is clearing up and addressing the blocks that are in the way that your inner child is hanging on to as a survival mechanism. So this episode's going to illuminate some of the juicy reasons why it's so valuable to do this work, and hopefully it will give you a bit of inspiration and a bit of confidence to kind of dive into this work. The first amazing benefit of healing and working with your inner child is that you stop trying to fix yourself and you start discovering your true self. So this might feel a little bit weird or foreign because if you've been on a personal development journey or maybe you follow quite a few coaches and people online, it can sometimes feel like this endless journey of fixing and improving ourselves. And you know, sometimes even Uh, people refer to the industry as a self-improvement industry. And yeah, of course, we want to improve different facets of our life. Like maybe you want to improve your relationship with money or you want to improve your communication or your relationships or you want to improve your confidence in a way. But it's really important in my view that we recognize that we don't need to fix ourselves. We don't need to improve who we are at our very core because at our core, we are enough. But most of the reasons and most of the influences behind our obsessive need to fix and edit and amend ourselves comes from our inner child. And that inner child at some point in your childhood got the sense or took on the narrative that they weren't enough as they were. And so they create strategies to feel enough or to overcompensate in ways that temporarily make you feel safe. One of the big ways that many women do this and they're acting out a pattern is by trying to fix and improve their weight or their appearance all the time. For a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders or body image, the problem is never actually what is in the mirror. The problem is not the weight. The problem is not the food, right? All of those things are symptoms of the pattern. All of those things are just problems that come about because of this deep inferiority complex that your inner child has taken on. Or for the achievers, you know, the achiever personality and, you know, by the way, our personalities are these constructed false identities that we create to survive in our world and there's good things about them of course but there are also shadow aspects of our personalities and for the achiever personality it's based on a fear of being worthless being just you so the achiever derives a sense of self-worth through doing through ticking boxes through achieving and that can be great if you leverage that in a healthy way I mean I'm an achiever and it's gotten me to some amazing places in my life and I've hit some amazing milestones But if I'm coming from the place of fixing or trying to achieve because deeply inside my inner child feels like she's worthless, 
I'm going to end up in these shadow patterns. I'm going to end up overworking. I'm going to end up achieving and not really ever feeling satisfied in the achievement. Always looking to the next thing, being on this hamster wheel of fixing, improving, getting, 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 getting. And then at the end of my life, I'm going to be dissatisfied and probably have loads of regrets because I was chasing, chasing, chasing instead of actually looking within and saying, hey, what's the part of me that needs healing around this? And then healing that and then deciding what do I want to go achieve? So making that choice from a place of unconditional self-love and self-worth while still being a high achiever. As we heal the inner child, we start to see or what begins to be illuminated is the ways in which we fix ourselves to overcompensate. And as we lean into that, what we can start to do is to rediscover who we actually are. Who were we before we created this pattern? Who was I before I decided that achievement made me feel better? Who am I at my very core when I'm stripped back, when all of those things, all of those masks and those achievements and those roles are taken away, when my body is taken away, when my fancy shit in my house is taken away, when all of it is gone? Who am I as Amy? Who are you? And if you don't know, then that's okay as well. That is part of this healing journey and the inner child reclamation is discovering who you are beneath those layers. And I refer to this and many other people refer to this as the lost self. And our personality is kind of like our false self. It's the version of us that we think is acceptable to the outside world. But the lost self is this very, very young piece of us that is the true essence of who we are. And an inner child healing journey is all about bringing the lost self back, bringing the lost self into your heart and saying, you know what, this is who I am. This is who I always was. And I choose her. And I'll tell you what, it's really scary when you start doing this, but it's also the most liberating shit you will ever do. Honestly, it feels like coming home to yourself. It feels like mothering yourself. And when you get into this place where you are loving and mothering yourself and resourcing your own needs and you have your own back 100%, nobody can stop you, I promise you. So the next amazing thing that will happen when you explore inner child healing is that you will shine this huge light on your relationship dynamics. So whether that's in romantic relationships the relationships with your parents, the relationships that you have with friends. So much of what we attract in love and relationship and when we're dating has to do with our blueprint, our inner child blueprint around love and communicating and attachment styles and so, so, so many things that are formed not only in our childhood but even before we're born. Now, if you followed me for a while, you guys know that I practice a beautiful method of breathwork known as rebirthing. And rebirthing is really, really kind of obsessed with the process of birth and conception and all of the things that happen before we're born and then the way that we are born and the way we're 
you know, brought into this world and how those traumas or how those experiences shape us as human beings. So when I do inner child healing with my clients, we are not only looking at the pattern that's in front of them with their current spouse or their current friend or the current situation that's occurring when they get really triggered around their mum. We're looking at the roots. We are looking at what happened in the first three years of your life. What was school like for you? What was your sense of belonging? How attached or non-attached were you? But also, what was your conception like? What was your mum's pregnancy with you like? Did they cut your umbilical cord straight away? Did they use a suction cup? Were you a cesarean? Were you wanted? Were you the gender that your parents wanted? All of these things leave an impression on a human being. So when we do deep inner child healing, we're looking at all of the influences that lead into the pattern that emerges in adulthood. And what this allows you to do is instead of blaming yourself, so instead of blaming yourself because you've attracted this same kind of person over and over again, or you keep getting cheated on, or you keep cheating on someone, or you keep sabotaging a relationship, or you keep having this pattern occurring in your friendships, for example. You can look at all of the influences and you can take responsibility. So there's a huge difference between blaming yourself, which continues to manifest the same pattern, because blame is not a high vibrational energy that's going to create love and light. It's just going to create more loathing and lower vibrational frequencies that are attracted to you. So instead of blaming, inner child healing allows you to take full sovereignty back, to take responsibility, to look at, you know, these relationships are not my fault, but my healing is my responsibility. And for me, As someone who went through childhood abuse and witnessed abuse in relationships of my caregivers, this was such an empowering revelation for me to recognize like, hey, I'm not attracting these shit relationships because I'm a dud or because I'm a loser or because I'm broken. I'm not an idiot. Like I'm a smart person, but there's a reason that this pattern is here and Instead of me going, oh, I'm so low vibe and I keep attracting this and I'm dumb, I could say, oh, no, all of these things from my childhood crystallized together and now I'm seeing life through this lens and I'm living through this lens of this younger part of me and I want to take that part of me back. I want to take back control as the adult of what my relationships are going to look like. What relationships do I want to create instead of letting those relationships happen to me and continuing in the shame spiral and really taking responsibility for healing the parts of me that didn't feel worthy of a good relationship, healing the parts of me that let people gaslight me, healing the parts of me that were dishonest as well and made mistakes and did shitty things to other people. So inner child healing can teach us so much and it can allow us to stop blaming ourselves. You know, for example, like if you find yourself really attracted all the time to people who are really unpredictable, so like a guy and you never know when he's going to message you back and you know it's kind of toxic, but also you can't get enough. Been there, done that. I hear you, sister, right? Unpredictable people are attracting and mysterious to you. Usually if you had a parent who's inconsistent, 
right? It's not because you hate yourself and you think like that's what you deserve. A piece of you is attracted to that because of an influence in childhood or an influence in your early life. Something inside of you wants to validate itself through seeking that. Also, knowing your attachment style, which is formed very early in your life, can massively help you to start recognizing what relationships are going to be most empowering for me and what ones are less suitable or less aligned. And I might need to work a little bit more around those if I want to keep those relationships, or I might need to have a bit of therapy around that, or I might need to hold myself with a little bit more love and compassion when I'm dealing with that. For example, if you are an anxious attachment style, you may run into more conflict and more anxiety if you are constantly dating or in relationship with people who are avoidant attachment style because avoidant attachment style likes to receive love, but they really struggle to be intimate, to be too close. So if you're someone who identifies as the anxious attachment style, if you're dating people who keep ghosting you when things seem really good, Knowing that and having an awareness of that can allow you to stop blaming yourself and to take responsibility for like, okay, I'm dating people who have a very different attachment style to me. Something in me is obviously attracted to that struggle or that pain. And I'm going to recognize that and I'm going to journal through that and I'm going to work through it to see if I can do something that's going to be more empowering, more healing, more aligned for me in love. And I can stop blaming myself and stop blaming these other people's patterns on myself, but also stop hating on other people because they have a different pattern to you, right? So a lot of people label avoidance as narcissists, which is not actually true. Like narcissism is a term that's thrown around way too much and incorrectly. Sometimes people are avoidant and ghost you Because they are very vulnerable inside. Their inner child developed an avoidant pattern to protect them. So it's not about you. And inner child healing and recognizing these influences on how we relate, how we attach, how we don't attach, what makes us run, what makes us want to move towards each other, where we get into conflict, allows us to be fully responsible, healed adults. And it's so amazing and it will let you open to so much more love and connection in your life. And you'll learn to stop abandoning yourself in that process. Love is where you go to become more of who you are, not less of who you are. Now, the third amazing juicy outcome of doing deep inner child work is that your boundaries get way, way, way more fierce and amazing And those boundaries preserve your well-being. Those boundaries allow you to thrive. Those boundaries allow you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So many, many women that I work with struggle with boundaries and I totally get it because I had to do a shitload of work around my boundaries when I first went on my personal development journey. And it's definitely something that I revisit all the time. And it's something I like to check in with myself with regularly because, you know, it's very easy to lose your boundaries or to kind of let your boundaries fall because we live in a world of people who don't even know what boundaries are. And so, you know, they don't respect other people's boundaries. Many children are not given a space to be fully heard and fully seen. So 
whether that's all the time or maybe it's just some emotions like anger or, you know, speaking your truth when you're little, saying that you don't want to hug grandma, saying that you don't want to eat all the food on your plate, whatever it is. And it is really important that parents obviously have boundaries for their kids because the boundaries there are going to let you to thrive. But sometimes also having really, really firm boundaries against you in childhood that go against your inner knowing, your intuition can cause you to distrust your own boundaries, to distrust your own intuition. So a lot of women that I work with find it quite difficult or quite a journey to learn how to set boundaries from a place of love because their inner child thinks that if they set boundaries that they won't be loved. They think that if they set boundaries they'll be seen as a bitch or they'll be put in the naughty corner or whatever it is. So, so many people that I know have no boundaries because they're so worried about how everyone else feels about their boundaries. They're so worried of pleasing everyone else. They're worried of whether they'll be judged or called a bitch if they set boundaries. So your inner child can be very afraid of boundaries, but your inner child will thrive when you set them. So when we're doing inner child work, one of the big pieces that we're actually focusing on is creating an inner mother and an inner father inside of ourselves. So taking back that power from our actual caregivers instead of trying to recreate it and look for it in the world or with mommy and daddy and self-resourcing that within. And so one of the things that you want to evoke internally during this journey is calling on that inner father or that inner masculine energy to set boundaries that protect your inner child to set boundaries that protect your energy, that protect your creativity. For example, if you let your clients message you 24 hours a day and they expect an immediate reply because you haven't set any boundaries around the communication, you're going to be constantly dipping in and out of your phone, solving problems, putting out fires, And maybe that doesn't allow your creativity to flow because your energy is all over the place. Or perhaps you go on dates and the same thing keeps happening. You say that you don't want to sleep with someone on a first date, but then it keeps happening. You keep getting pressured into it. You aren't honoring your no, you're just going with the flow. And then it's making you feel full of guilt or shame or regret about yourself later or feeling unsafe. So We need to, as adults, learn to parent our inner child through setting boundaries that protect him or her, that protect that little person inside of us that has hopes and dreams and things that they want for life. And we need to put in place the structures and the anchors that protect that, that preserve that innocence inside of you, that honor the creativity that wants to come through or the love or the expression that wants to come through. And those of you who are dating and on dating apps, I really want you to get this message. Dating apps are not full of shit people. I hear this all the time. It's like, I'm getting off the apps. It's full of fuck boys. It's full of idiots, right? And I'm sure like practically and realistically, there are a lot of people who are on dating apps who just want to like fuck you and chuck you. But there are also people on these apps who are not going to do that. I met my husband through Bumble. Three of my best friends who are married all met their husbands on Tinder and on other apps and they had a great time. So 
When you're afraid of being on those dating apps or you're afraid of going on another shit date or you're afraid of the same thing happening over and over again, if you had firm boundaries around your standards and you had firm boundaries around your worth and what you expect and what kind of energy you want from the person that you're going on a date with, there would be nothing to be afraid of you would immediately energetically pick up within that first date whether that person was a yes for your body or a no. And if you have really firm and confident boundaries for yourself, it's not an issue. You can get up in the middle of the date and say, hey, thanks for your time, not for me. And I know people who do that. Now, if that seems really intimidating and absurd to you, that's also cool. It's a sign that it's not actually the shit people on the dating apps that needs to go. It's the boundaries that need to grow. It's the boundaries that need to be uplifted and upheld by you and considered sacred. And adding on to that on a more broad spectrum, setting boundaries with everyone in our life is so sacred and so important because it allows us to have thriving relationships, whether they're romantic or business or friendship, or whatever. And it's especially important to honor those boundaries as they change. So instead of like working up all your courage and then setting a boundary from anger, when we work with the inner child and we strengthen the inner child and we honor the inner child, we want to learn how to get a lot of confidence behind our boundaries and knowing ourselves so well and so deeply and being able to set boundaries fluidly on an ongoing basis that reflect our needs. So for example, say you had a certain rule or a certain way of doing things with work or business, and you've noticed that you've gotten into a pattern of not honoring that boundary. For example, you've been messaging your clients really late or letting them message you really late or you're in a relationship and initially you said, you know, I don't want to do this and you've noticed that you've fallen into a pattern of doing something. So having the courage to bring that to the surface, to raise that in dialogue with someone is really important. Saying, I've noticed that we've gotten into this pattern of A, B and C and this isn't feeling great to me. Have you noticed this too and what can we change? That's an example of a question that you could bring forward with confidence, but your inner child won't feel good about that and won't feel safe unless you do some work around that. And then when we don't do work around that, what happens, especially for a lot of women, because we tend to suppress rage and anger, is we wait and we wait and we wait and we let things slide and we let that slide and we bite our tongue and we grit our teeth and we sleep it off and then all of a sudden the rage gets to the surface and then we explode on someone, right? And we set a boundary from the force of that rage. And of course, when we set boundaries when we're full of rage and anger, it's not always going to go down in the most diplomatic way. It's not always going to be received in the same way as if we calmly but firmly stated our boundary. So this will be really, really, really empowering for your inner child. This is really empowering for your relationships, for your energy, for all of your life. And it's a really big piece of inner child work. So if you struggle with people pleasing and boundaries, inner child healing is definitely the one. Uncovering the reasons why you can't express what you want. Uncovering the reasons why it makes you feel weird to set boundaries or why you fear that people think you're a bitch. Because when you were born... 
you didn't have any trouble setting boundaries. You didn't even speak the English language or the human language yet. You just screamed until your needs were met without any apologies. So you were born with this essence and we are conditioned to lose our sacred boundaries. We are conditioned to fear our boundaries. Our society does this. So the inner child healing is really a reclamation of your innocence and your self-love and your power. Now, the fourth amazing benefit of deep inner child healing is that you get to turn your wounds into wisdom, right? This is especially potent right now astrologically because we've got Chiron in retrograde and Chiron is the sign of the wounded healer. I've got a lot of Chiron in my birth chart in astrology and it really resonates for me. Because that allows me to do the work that I do with compassion and I've been able to turn what was a really dark traumatic time in my life and actually many dark traumatic times in my life and PTSD and the different things that I've been through into medicine for others, into medicine that not only up levels and upgrades the frequency of others and their consciousness and empowers them but also allows me to be really abundant and free in my own life which is so fucking amazing like the work that I do is such a gift so turning our wounds into wisdom is possible when we actually address and we look at the trauma we look at the conditioning and programming that we experience as children as we grow up we might think that these things are things that we'd rather forget about or things that make us feel broken. But when we really lean in and we look to heal those things, we can start to alchemize them. We can look at how has this experience in my life path empowered my soul to raise the vibration of humanity? How does this serve as a lesson to others? How can I serve through this lens that I've been given? And you know, I mentioned that Chiron is in retrograde right now. And when Chiron's in retrograde, we're being asked to slow down because a retrograde is kind of, it, you know, retrograde looks like the planet is going back or it looks like the, the, the movement is going back. So Chiron in retrograde is asking us to slow down, to retrace our steps, to reflect on what has made us who we are so that we can invite in greater healing. Because when we ignore wounds, they don't just go away. They might feel less potent or we might repress the memory or we might hide it deep inside, but those wounds are still there taking up space. Those wounds are still there imprinted and affecting your patterns and your behaviors in the most unconscious ways. So when we really get into them, you know, we get into the wound and we find the purpose in that and we find the strength or the lesson or the medicine in that, we can transmute it and we can create space to heal others. The amazing thing about this is that it teaches you that it is not inherently negative to feel triggered or activated or in pain. So I used to be such an avoidant. I used to do anything to not feel my feelings. And it's why my rock bottom was so heavy when I was 23. It's why my PTSD got completely, you know, it, I was completely dysregulated. I didn't know how to cope and my body was shutting down with pneumonia and panic attacks and weekly UTIs and thrush and all the things because I took my numbing to the next level. So 
the beautiful thing that happened when I started giving myself the permission to heal, to feel, to hold a safe space for me to have those emotions instead of numbing them out with alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and relationships and busyness and shopping and distractions is that I felt really triggered, right? I suddenly felt all of these things that I wasn't used to feeling, that I was not comfortable feeling. It was very, very, very uncomfortable. It was very painful. It's probably the most pain I've ever been in in my life because I was fully sitting in it for the first time ever. But what it taught me is that inside of that pain, there is alchemy. If I sit in the discomfort and I look for the gold and I look for the lessons in this, not the reason why it happened, right? I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but what I do believe is that there is something to be taken from every experience. There is something we can garner from our pain. There is something we can transmute. There is some sort of strength or wisdom or embodied lesson that we can take from any experience. So now when I feel activated or I feel triggered by something or my inner child starts perking up as she was yesterday, I kind of welcome it, even though it's really uncomfortable and my body starts like feeling really crap and it starts shutting down and, you know, that hole of anxiety comes up every couple of years for me really intensely. I'm able now to sit in it and go, okay, cool. What am I feeling? What's showing up for me? How can I create a safe space for this and how can I use this as strength and medicine and wisdom for myself and for others? And that's really beautiful. I've created, you know, a business empire from that. I've created a beautiful life and a beautiful marriage from being able to do this. I've created abundance and great friendships because I'm able to feel. So, Learning how to feel the feelings of your inner child is a really beautiful benefit of this work and it also allows you to turn your wounds into wisdom that empowers you for your future. One of my favorite quotes that I want to share with you is this, I had to make you uncomfortable otherwise you never would have moved the universe. (laughs) Don't you love that? I love it because it gives you that kind of encouragement. I think when you're in that period of feeling really uncomfortable or you're doing lots of heavy shadow work and inner child work and you just feel kind of like you've opened Pandora's box. And I always remind my clients that often before you're about to go through a really big upgrade or really big expansion in your life, you have what feels like a regression and it can feel like you're going backwards or it can feel like it's getting worse before it gets better. But the way I sort of explain it to them is that I say, you know, in order for an arrow to fly really far, you have to draw the arrow back. So it's kind of like that when we're doing inner child healing, when we feel really uncomfortable, it's important to remind ourselves and to soothe ourselves and recognize that the universe will nudge us and we'll go through these periods where it feels like regression because we're clearing up the shit so that we can soar forward. And the last incredible shift that occurs when you dive into and commit to inner child work is that you get to make decisions from your soul, decisions that are truly soul aligned and not ego driven decisions that you're pretending are the right thing for you to do. 
So ego-driven behavior shows up in so many ways, and of course it's going to happen for many of us, and we live in a world where our ego helps us to survive, right? Like it's fine if you like fancy things. It's fine if you like a bit of validation and people to celebrate you. Of course, we're all human, and the human in us loves shit like that, me included. But what we don't want to do is look back on our life when we're 90 years old and realize that every single choice we made came from the need to impress others, the need to be validated, the need to fix ourselves, the need to impress people on social media, to avoid judgment. I know what I want to look back on, and I'm sure you would probably resonate with this, is a life where I felt like I did things because I wanted to do them. I made choices because they were the right choices for me. I made choices in my relationships because they were true and from true love, not from ego, not from a fear. And I want to know that I left this planet a better planet than when I dropped into this planet, right, before I go on to my next life. And I believe that I came here to serve. I believe I came here at this important time in history to serve all of you and to serve so many people. And I'll literally just tell you the funniest story quickly, which is kind of not funny, but it is. My mum actually got pregnant with me on the pill and she aborted and I came back again three months later on the pill again. (laughs) And I say it was me both times because I genuinely believe that it was me the first time as well. And the second time I came back and I was like, I'll show you, I'll prove that I'm good enough to you. (laughs) But the point of the story is that I believe that I came here to this earth in this lifetime to do some really amazing stuff, to offer medicine, to raise the vibration of human beings on this planet. And I believe that there's a reason that we all drop here in our bodies in this lifetime. And When we make decisions from our ego, which is our conditioning, we're not serving our highest purpose on this planet. We're in a separation consciousness. Our inner child is freaking out and thinks that it needs to be better or bolder or more palatable. Instead of just operating from the soul consciousness, the unity consciousness, knowing that you and every other person on this planet is completely equal and we're all connected. So learning to work and play and uplift and empower you and a child is so beautiful in this aspect because you stop needing to be right all the time. You stop needing acknowledgement and validation all the time in order to feel valid. You're valid as you are. You're amazing as you are. And it's the forgetting of that that is our ego because your soul knows When we start aligning with that soul consciousness, that beautiful, deep love consciousness of the inner child, the purity of that inner child, we can also stop blaming other people. And I think this is important for 2020. We can stop separating ourselves from other people. We can stop blaming other people for our circumstances. We can stop pointing the finger at each other and we can say, you know what, I'm responsible for me. And I'm responsible for making this world a better place and everything that I touch better. How can I serve? Inner child work allows you to stop judging yourself. 
or to at least lessen the judgment against yourself, which for many people is just constant, constant inner judgment. You know, 80,000 thoughts they say you have a day, 70 to 80% potentially are negative. How many of those negative thoughts are judgments against you, against other people, the world, the government? Imagine what you could do with all of that headspace, with all of that clarity, with all of that peace. You could probably create something that was really beautiful and our planet would be a completely different place right now if more people were doing this work. One of the other amazing things that tends to happen when we start healing our inner child is that we drop the shoulds. You know that word should, I should have done this, I shouldn't have said that, I should have been better, I should have had more success, I should have not been so nervous and fucked up my words, I should have, you know, not sent that text, blah, 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 right? That word should causes so much resistance, so much judgment against yourself and others, so much pressure, and it's all completely made up, right? It's all a narrative that comes from the ego, because you weren't born with a should. You didn't come into this world and come out of your mom's pussy and go, oh, I shouldn't have shat my pants today. I shouldn't yell because it's the middle of the night and I'm going to wake my mom up and she's going to be annoyed. Like you didn't have those shoulds and those expectations and those standards around how you needed to be perfect. You didn't have a timeline that you were measuring yourself against. You didn't have any worries about your weight or whether someone thought you were cool or whether that guy was going to text you back and whether you should have said something else. And you were present. Your very young inner child was very, very present. The kind of presence that we're all kind of seeking in a meditation, you know, but never kind of quite getting there because of that mind chatter that we learn to associate ourselves with, that ego chatter. So when you start doing inner child work, you can start to drop the shoulds and start thinking about what you want to create in this present moment. Stop worrying about the past and the future and what you did or didn't do and just worry about, you know, what's in front of me now? What do I feel like doing right now? What do I want to create right now? And knowing that you're enough in that moment. The other thing that really comes into a healing process in the inner child healing and aligning with our soul over our ego is the whole comparison thing and I know most of you listening will struggle with comparison either every day or frequently here or there and it's obviously not a nice experience at all it puts us into huge codes of scarcity and lack and you know just not any good feels so when you're really 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 young you aren't comparing yourself you're not shooting all over yourself. You're perfect as you are. So when we start to accept and unconditionally parent and love our inner child, we start to drop some of the comparison and we make way and we make space to be who we really are, to be the wonderful, quirky, weird version of ourselves that sometimes fucks up her words and doesn't always do it perfect. But people are magnetized to that because we live in a world that's full of fakeness and we hide and we filter ourselves and 
we follow trends and stuff. And so people are afraid to be their raw realness. But if you think about the people who you probably love to follow the most online, like the people who you're really drawn to, they're usually really themselves. They have a magnetic quality about them because their authenticity is shining through them. And lastly, as we start to drop some of our ego-driven behaviors and move more into alignment with the soul, you might notice that there's less drama in your life. There's less gossiping, less cattiness, less bitchiness, less of a fight to feel seen or worthy or special. And I tell you what, my friendships and my life has changed so much since I started doing this work. And virtually my life is drama free because I just don't have a space available for that kind of energy anymore. I know that drama and cattiness and gossip and judgment is not a vibration in alignment with my soul. And when I see it, I don't engage with it. I don't subscribe to it. I hit unsubscribe in my head. And when you haven't done any inner child healing, those kind of things like gossiping, having a bitch, all of that, that's just kind of natural, right? Those things start when we're young, right? Especially girls. Girls start bonding with each other by gossiping or bullying or rejecting someone in the group and then bringing them back in, right? It's like a power struggle as your inner child is trying to figure out where they belong and they're trying to kind of claw back some power in the hierarchy of the schoolyard or the family. And it's conditioning that gets drilled into women and drilled into this world, but especially women. And so as you start to heal your inner child and you give your inner child power in other ways, you give your inner child safety in other ways. You listen to your emotions. You sit in your emotions. You don't bypass them. You express your truth. You start being who you really are then your inner child doesn't need those things anymore to feel sovereign. Then your inner child doesn't need to step on someone else to feel like they're elevated. Then your inner child doesn't need to feel like you need to gossip in order to temporarily feel a little bit better about yourself. And then your inner child doesn't fear being judged herself because you're not engaging in that kind of judgment energetic in your other relationships with other people. (sighs) Ah. felt so good to share all that with you. I wish I had a podcast like this when I was first starting my journey. I wish I could have listened to something like this. I had to figure out so much of this stuff by myself because when I was first healing, there wasn't really like podcasts or anything that I knew of. And I don't really think that YouTube was big back then. And I was kind of learning this all from like really old self-help books and exploration and coaches and doing my own thing. So I'm so grateful that I can give you these transmissions and these downloads. And I really hope that this podcast is helpful for you because I pour so much love and soul and energy into this show for you. Now, at the start of the episode, I did say to you and we did make a agreement together, or I hope we made an agreement together, that you were going to choose an action that you could take based on this episode that is going to turn information into transformation. 
So it's really amazing that you've listened to this episode. It's really amazing if you listen to all the episodes. But my wish for you, my desire for you is that you don't just listen and then think, oh, yeah, great. That's going to change my life. I want you to take an action. I want you to physically manifest the inspiration because that's where the real change occurs is in your life, in the different action that you take, in the different step that you take tomorrow or the next week. If you don't change anything, nothing changes. So I want you to think about what's the action that you're going to take, what's going to allow you to dive into deep inner child work. If you want to come and look at your imprints, particularly around pleasure and your body and feeling empowered around money, then coming to the Embodied Ecstasy Retreat this Saturday is a really good shout. And if you're listening to this back at a different moment in time beyond October 10th, 2020, or you just feel like you want to do deeper work around your inner child emotions, come and join us in Orgasmic Ascension. Actually, right now in Orgasmic Ascension, our monthly theme is inner child healing. And we just did a very, very powerful breathwork session. It was so powerful. There was so many tears, so much release. It was so fucking awesome. And that recording is available in the membership. And when you join the membership, by the way, you get access to everything. You get access to all the previous breathwork sessions, all the meditations, all the previous modules. So you can dive into the current module or the previous module. You can choose the themes that resonate the most for you and you get instant access to all of it. So if that is feeling like an aligned action step for you, please come and join. Otherwise, I'm going to send you so much love and so much encouragement, whatever your action is, whatever you took away from this episode. And I really hope that something in this episode lit a little spark in you that's going to change your life forever. Ah, Thank you so much. And I'm going to love and leave you now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful and it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode and until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.